0: Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the 473rd episode of Awards Chatter, the Hollywood Reporters Awards podcast. I'm the host, Scott Feinberg, THR's executive editor of Awards Coverage. And on this very special episode, I have not one, not two, but three guests, all of whom have appeared on the podcast before alone, but whose stories are so intertwined that I have always wanted to speak with them together. They are each incredible filmmakers who were born in Mexico in the early 1960s, became friends and consultants on each other's work around the turn of the century, and helped to usher in the new golden age of Mexican cinema in which we now live. The three amigos, Alfonso Cuaron, Guillermo del Toro, and Alejandro González Iñárritu. This trio has been doing outstanding work for decades, going back as far as del Toro's 1993 film Kronos, Inuritu's 2000 film *Amores Peros, and Cuaron's 2001 film Itumama Tambien. But they shot to a new degree of fame in 2006, when they each had a breakthrough film in Oscar contention, Cuaron with Children of Men, del Toro with Pan's Labyrinth, and Inuritu with *Babel* each of which dealt with struggles to communicate and which collectively wound up with 16 Oscar nominations, three of which resulted in below the line wins. Then, in a period of just six years spanning 2014 through 2019, at a time of rising anti-immigrant sentiment in parts of America, which was certainly not discouraged by Donald Trump, who famously declared in the 2015 speech announcing his presidential campaign that Mexico was, quote, not sending their best, close quote, These immigrants collectively claimed five Best Director Oscars, Quaron for Gravity and Roma, Iñárritu for Birdman and The Revenant in consecutive years, and Del Toro for The Shape of Water. Two of those films, Birdman and The Shape of Water, also were chosen as the best picture of their respective years, adding another Oscar to the tally for Del Toro and Iñárritu. And then, in 2017, Inuritu was awarded an honorary Oscar for his virtual reality installation of that same year, Carne y Arena. Sixteen years after they were first simultaneously in Oscar contention, the three amigos find themselves in that situation again. Cuaron was one of the producers of Alice Rohrwacher's 37-minute Christmas-themed film Le Pupil, which is streaming on Disney+, and is shortlisted for, and currently favored to win, the Best Live Action Short Oscar. Del Toro and Inuritu, meanwhile, are both in contention for Netflix films. Del Toro directed a stop-motion version of Pinocchio that has been shortlisted for several Oscars and is the favorite to win the Best Animated Feature Oscar, and Iñárritu, for the third time each in a different decade, has had a film, in this case the semi-autobiographical bardo chosen to represent Mexico in the Best International Feature Oscar race, an honor twice bestowed by that country on a del Toro film and once on a Quaron film. Over the course of our conversation at the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures in Los Angeles, ahead of a public conversation between the three men that was one of the hottest tickets in town, Quaron, who is 61, del Toro, who is 58, and Inuritu, who is 59, reflected on how they first came to know each other and become close enough that their friendships have been able to withstand tough love criticism from one another what they learned while working in Mexico and how it helped to prepare them to work abroad, what it's been like when they have chosen to revisit Mexico in their films in the years since they stopped living there, and what they make of the Mexican film industry today, plus much more. And so without further ado, let's go to that conversation. Thank you guys for doing this. This is more exciting than anything I've done in a long time. Very, very cool to get to have the three of you together. Um, For people who may not know, I know you guys all grew up sort of similar, I think, upbringings in different parts of Mexico, but can we connect the dots of how you each came to know each other? I think it started with Alfonso and Guillermo, right? Let's start with the older guys. <laughs> the older guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: Age before beauty. No, we we met first. Uh, we heard about each other first. Yep. Right. And uh, when you're young, you don't like people that that people like. <laughs> you know, you just want to be the only guy that people like.
0: And you were you heard uh, about like, who is that right? guy. Okay.
2: I was very <laughs> suspicious. <about laughs> the youth. Yeah. I, I I have never met him. I have heard so much about him. And everybody was talking about how talented he was and And how fun he was. (laughs) And so I was
0: already jealous, and I didn't like him. (laughs) And at this point, you were both working in TV.
1: Well, I was doing uh, uh, crummy super aids, Yeah. And Alfonso had directed already a couple of episodes of this uh, horror TV show that I, I was going to ask for a job in. I w- I went to say I'll do the makeup effects for free, if you let me write and direct. And I met Alfonso in the in the waiting room.
2: In the waiting room? No, I have done one. And that by the way. Sometimes they come was, back. Y- yes. This is Aura but Marcada. They, yeah. Nora Marcada. And in that one, uh, you know, I was very proud because everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was I was feeling a bit cocky about it. <laughs> and we were in the in the waiting room. And it, we were the only ones there, <laughs> everything was very silent. And it was clear that we we were kind of seizing each other <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a while yeah. until he broke the silence and said, "Hey, you're Cuaron," and says, "Yeah, you're Del Toro." Yeah, I <laughs> says, "You did that episode," and I'm very proud. He says, "Yeah," and says, "Oh, it's based upon a." short story by Stephen King? He says, yeah, yeah. And suddenly we start talking and we start, like, showing our love for Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, really going through titles of what he was published by then and, and in, a, in a very excited way. And then suddenly he says, hey, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure, what? He says, if the short story is so good, <laughs> why your episode is so bad? <laughs> I didn't say it like that. Yes, you I said it said like that. I was <laughs>
1: much nicer.
0: Is this a little passive aggressiveness or No, what no, 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 no. I
2: was much nicer <laughs> no, than he's
0: that. Not passive.
2: Not
1: passive. But I think uh, it, it was such a difficult thing to do in the. And they gave you three days. Three days? To do half an hour. And two days to post that half an hour. And then you were on the air. Yes. So my, my question was really, why did you change this or that? No, no, no. He said, why is it,
2: if, if, if the episode is so good, why is it so bad? <laughs> no, no, no. And then I was like, uh, I don't know. I said, what? And then I started laughing. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. says, what? Okay, tell me. <laughs> and he started explaining why it was so bad. And he was right. Well, and
0: I Well, know. it seems like this was a dynamic. I know it's continued with other things since then. But then I guess the next thing is, Alfonso and Alejandro, you both knew Chivo. Yeah,
1: well, they they knew each other, right?
0: Oh, you?
3: No, no. I I, I work with Chivo just in commercials, and Alfonso has done already uh, his first film with him, and he has an older. Uh, they studied together, right? Yeah. So Chivo and Alfonso go back way before me, but then when I start directing, I start doing some work with Chivo more in the in the commercial side, and when I heard, uh, and then I start writing a pilot for a TV in 95. And um, and Chivo was a friend of Alfonso. Mm-hmm. And Chivo working with me, that's the version of Chivo. Chivo told me mm-hmm. that he was saying to Alfonso, you know, there's a guy that I'm working that is a, is a good director, I think he's good. And, and obviously Alfonso was always <laughs> like, come on, he's a commercial director. How he could be, do?' Same oh, no, like actually, him. you should meet him. So he didn't want to meet him, meet me, because obviously I come from no, another... No,
2: because, because you were worked- Okay. Let's yeah. Let's say. Okay. Let's, let's talk say. about truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it was the, you, the whole uh, Televisa background that mm-hmm. you know. The radio. The radio. The radio. He stuff, was, I was. I
3: was a host in a radio show. Yeah. A very then famous. Then very famous. A very, very famous. famous. Host. He was jealous. <laughs> obviously. I'm <he>, <laughs> no, no, not and jealous. They, they were like, saying <laughs> when you were young, they want you <laughs> to be. And themselves. he and
1: he and he was the voice of the biggest. TV channel in Mexico. And, uh, yeah, that's, like like that's, uh, like James uh, Earl Jones it. would say here, yeah. this is CNN, right, right? right? Alejandro would say this Can is announcing. <laughs> That was him. So okay. I'm the voice,
3: WFM yeah. Yeah. 96.9. Exactly. Right.
1: <laughs> so they hate
2: that. Uh, yeah. They
3: anyway. hate it because, what, you you were a style? I don't you know. I a
2: certain connotation. Anyway. It's yeah. a long story there in they Mexico. The,
3: the, uh, <laughs> je- Mexican jealousy of uh, yes. different breeds. And yes. suddenly I want to meet uh, uh, Alfonso. And then uh, I, 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 I sent him some of the work that I have done. <sighs> And he was preparing uh, uh, great expectations. And he was living in the Chateau Marmont. He was yep. a big shot, <laughs> obviously, living there. And uh, and I asked him if he can, you know, give me some time for meet him. And I want to ask him about how I should be. I, I need an advice for him because I was about to start in pre-production of my first uh, one-hour feature, well, uh, pilot thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I was... Very concerned that he will snuff me or whatever. And I arrive. And he was incredibly generous. And very sweet and very complimentary about my so everything that I have heard suddenly turns differently right. and he was talking <laughs> to me about me. <laughs> about no, and he was telling me very nicely about, you know, the the use of this or that. And you know, even in these little pieces of one minute, he was yeah. very observing about things. Yeah. And then yeah, very generous, he started telling me what I should do, what I should not do, what you should be careful, yeah. you know, and I since then, I think I really appreciate his generosity. And that was the first time that we met. And then I sent you the first cut. Well, I, was gonna gonna, then.
0: I think part of the, probably around the time you send Alfonso the first cut, he's the one who says you got to m- meet this guy, Guillermo.
2: Yeah. Well, not like that exactly, but... No, well, I, no, I called you and said, hey, I, I you just saw to, something to, to really, Austin. Yeah. I is something incredible. Yeah, I was living and, in Austin. And then you were you were curious about it, and this one, I asked you, hey, is it okay? Why don't you, would you send this to 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 Guillermo?
1: And Antonio Rutia from Guadalajara called me, and, and you guys said, this guy is really stubborn. <laughs> and the only one that can convince him to cut anything is you. And uh, Alejandro said, uh, "Well, if you're that interested, you would need to be here." And I showed up, and I ate all the beans in his fridge, and I and I we edited for like three days. But I I want to say, Alfonso also when I was preparing to shoot Mimic, uh, I talked to him about uh, how to shoot action and how to shoot this and that and. He, he immediately gave me really practical, incredibly useful things that immediately were uh, in my vocabulary, in two seconds, yeah, because he had much more experience, you know? And, and he said, look, uh, on, on the action, try to shoot two cameras, one long lens, one short lens, uh, have them both moving, little things that you can pass really fast if you know them, but if you don't know them, they're incredibly useful.
0: So it seems like the... the Secret formula for you guys maybe is that you can be very blunt and honest with each other without it permanently severing a yes. friendship, right? Cause so far, let's go. yeah, so far. Yeah. But I mean, let's come back to the the original example of this, which you've talked about, Guillermo and Alejandro. So that visit when you show up at his house, there's still a debate about what exactly well, occurred, he, right? He debates. <laughs> Nobody, I, debate. El- not a debate. I just said the truth. Well, okay, so let's, let's get a, the two versions. He the
1: says, seven, he says uh, we got out seven minutes. I said we got out 21. <laughs> he may have put some back. And we switched the order of the bank robbery. Okay. It was in another reel and we moved it earlier.
0: Uh, and that's it. Alejandro, you want
3: to respond no, to this? No, I, I, I absolutely <laughs> don't resist to nothing. I'm just joking all the time yeah, about yeah, the yeah. amount of right. time. The reality is that... With the help of uh, Guillermo, I spent myself eight months locking my studio, trying Mm -hmm. to find the right tempo and internal rhythm of of the film and the timing, because it was very long. It was getting long. It was three stories. It was my first film, and I was by myself. And I think Guillermo's uh, radical point was very, very strong. (laughs) Very
1: blunt.
3: The blunt thing was that he called me without knowing at 6 a.m. And after two hours, he said, I think your film is genius. It's just you have to take out all the second story. (laughs) You just just take the second story. He said, come on, it's a triptych. I cannot make the duo kind of (laughs) thing. And he said, okay, if you really are so stubborn about it, you should come to my house. And then he knocked the next day in my door. He ate the refrigerator. I flew myself there. And he flew. (laughs) Without knowing, I opened the door and I see him, and we became incredible, beautiful friends in these three days in the studio. And no matter if it's seven minutes, 21, whatever. It matters. I know know that (laughs) it It matters. Stop saying it doesn't matter. No, because the reality is (laughs) that in every discussion and every questioning, every sequence, (laughs) we found fact, finally, right. what it really was important. Look, I didn't take the second story, no. but the way we build the whole you thing. it should have, by It could have been a great film, but it. I was very <laughs> stubborn. I didn't. I fuck it up. But, uh, but I think was again, uh, for me, uh, from these two guys that have start earlier than me, receive an amazing amount of Care, wisdom, love. But in he's very also general. very
1: blunt. I mean, when when he came to when he came to to see the cut of Pan's Labyrinth, I mean, he, he was smoking, looking at the he says, "And you're gonna wait for the crane to settle, aren't you? <laughs> oh my God, look at it! And now you're gonna pan slowly. Okay, <laughs> cut now, cut now. And we and we cut out 15 minutes. Well, of, let's uh, let's the talk about setting.
0: a major decision that you each separately arrived at, and that was leaving. Mexico to come to America. right? It was
1: not a decision. I think we went very different routes.
0: Well, but can we say just to set the context, Guillermo, your father had been kidnapped, kidnapped and held for ransom. Yeah. Alejandro, your parents had been assaulted, right in their own home. I think, mm-hmm. um, Alfonso, I'm, I don't know if there was a specific incident for you, but it was uh, just
2: uh, it was just a, a difficult time in in the
0: uh, industry uh, in, yeah. in the
2: industry in Mexico. I. I uh, they were only making a few movies a year. In a few movies. The way that I produced my first film was not <laughs> the the most, uh, like, the the most uh, government happy at no. the time. Oh, right. neither, neither mine. Well, not, this neither was, yours. Uh, just and, so uh, people
0: uh, follow along. Uh, Alfonso, you're ta- your one was sort of uh, a satire of their AIDS policy, right? Yeah. And Guillermo, why were they angry at you? Um,
1: well, no, mine, mine, they, mine, they literally didn't want to do it. They refused, they tried to refuse it. It normally the process of approval of a movie in Mexico would take one and a half years, and mine took four and a half okay. And they kept rejecting and they say, uh, you need to do story Wars. I would do story Wars. you need to design the device for the Kronos device. I would design it, execute it and and finally they had no choice but to to support it. and when they saw it, they said, this will not go to any festivals. this will be. Nobody will see this movie. And without any support, they wanted it at Cannes. We went at Cannes and won the, the week of the critics, Critics Week. It was the first time a movie won a prize in 30-something
0: years. By the way, they wouldn't even put Mexican movies outside of Critics no, Week. No. They were never getting into they competition, were, right? They were, it
1: was really, uh, they, but they, they, when we were going to go to Cannes, I said, can you support us? And they said, no. We, we were doing genre you were doing yeah, right. screwball comedy or comedy, and I was doing horror in a way. I kept explaining this is not the normal way of doing horror. I'm trying to do something very personal. But they didn't want, I think we wanted to do genre in some way, and they didn't, nobody really wanted uh, to do
2: And, and, and so but my, my, I knew that my future in Mexico was going to be doing no, 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 disrespect commercials mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, and, or uh, our governmental uh, and promos for the government, and because that was. Uh, wha- I never uh, did a commercial. I'm, no, I did n- never did. I, but it, that's how. The older generation, the generation before. You could, before. Try the, you could try
1: the equipment. You could try a technocrane. You could try a snorkel lens. You could try toys. We, like, when, when we were doing our movies, we would rent a, renting a dolly for one day. was a huge
0: deal. Well, so you guys had sort of reached as far as you could get. Within the Mexican industry, when you came to the United States, but even after you, I wouldn't say that. But
1: the kidnapping had a lot more. That had a lot to do with the satisfaction.
0: (laughs) Well, I uh, just needed to get out of there quick. But it's interesting because even obviously, since then, and several of your films deal with this. That you're never fully American or Mexican. You're not Mexican enough for some Mexicans. You're not American enough for some Americans. Um, A number of the films, including Bardo, deal with this. uh, um, And you've continued to, you've gone back uh, Alfonso with Roma to make a film in Mexico and Alejandro with Bardo. I guess one of the theories that's out there is the reason that you guys each take on such kind of immense challenges technically that other people wouldn't want to get involved with. Um, Guillermo with, let's say, stop motion or VFX. Alejandro, a single take movie or shooting with natural light with revenant mm-hmm. uh alfonso vfx or just any number just of Pushing things. the language right but the theory is it's because you in mexico that you always had to kind of figure out a way to make things work outside the box do you think there's anything to that that you know there is no easy way forget about doing it the easy way there that wasn't an option
2: I think we've always been experimental in a strange way. In a, yeah, I mean, I think that that f- comes from from being cinephiles, the three of us, and uh, and admiring uh, the the admiring and and honoring film language. And when and when you talk about this technical aspect, it's more more than the technical aspect of it. I think that we think about is the film language, you know, to try to. To challenge ourselves in terms of the language. Yeah. And uh, I think that the technical happens after. What happens to most of us, uh, the three of us, is that we have an idea of what we want to do. And then, and we don't even know how we're going to do it. But, I, but Later I, on is when we're confronted with the technical.
1: I remember Alfonso started on Hora Marcada. And I stayed there for decades. But Alfonso did Hora Marcada, two or three episodes, what he called his grim period. <laughs> and he did it, uh, Solo con tu pareja and Little Princess, in his green period, everything was out-directed green. And I did I, I did the same in a couple <laughs> of episodes, but I stayed there for, for more than a decade. But we were always <laughs> joking, what are we going to try? Like, I remember in, when we were doing the TV episodes, I said, I'm going to do this one all with dissolves. Mm-hmm. And you would say, I'm going to do jump cuts. It's, it's just uh, trying to f- find a way to handle the language. To me, the most interesting point with Alfonso was when he polished and hyper-polished everything on Great Expectations, and then he went and did Ito Mama Tambien because he said, I got to shake out all that. Or Alejandro, when he just did Beautiful, which was a relatively big movie in Europe and all that, and he said, I'm going to do a down-and-dirty, one-take movie and he does Bertman. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's not it's not an experimental about the form, it's about I I'm, I'm gonna shake myself up.
3: But 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 I want to add something that I think the technical aspect, I think the way I think we understand it is that the, the technical approach or the language approach is always at the service of what the story, story needs. What yeah. I'm saying, I did the first films in handheld with 40 millimeters uh, things with pannings and blah, blah, and jump, jump cuts and things like that, because that belonged to the reality of the, the fragile reality of Mexico City. I could not do that uh, necessarily in, in another film because every film demands, and only you knows how you want to approach it or what you think it needs. And then you arrive to the way you want to tell it. And then the technical aspects are developed after what you think is like words, no? All the words are available, but how you use it, where you put the comma, the dot. I mean, you need little phrases or you need long lines or a big paragraph, depending. So what I'm saying is at the service of what you want to make people feel or which point of view of the character. So all those decisions are not technical. I will say are much more uh emotional, spiritual at the service of the of no, the I things. So. And I think then the technical you figure it out and then you can fuck it up very <laughs> easily. <laughs> no, but no. it's not like I'm gonna and the other thing I want to say is that the the most difficult thing that I found is that when you have more films and you become a little bit addicted or you start domaining certain language in a way, I like to epitomize all what I have learned because obviously that's what experience means meant to be. But at the same time, will would be boring just to be doing the same. So you want to, <laughs> in a way, explore certain things. So okay. the sum of the experience with a little bit of exploring, that's what is exciting. You know, it's not to be breaking the rules to breaking the rules. The challenge
2: that, is with yourself. Exactly. I really sorry. think. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I, I. but also I insist that I think that, I don't think that we the, the, the Maybe the early part of our career, it was the point of the departure was experiment with technical things yeah. that we haven't done. That well, Because or, we were very young. Uh, but then it's more about, you know, it's like when we talk about, describe what we want, how we w- want to make the film, it's just like describing musical passages.
1: Yeah, it's more emotional.
2: It's more emotional. And then... Some you know again. Sometimes is uh, and how you're going to do says well. I don't know. We have to figure it out. But right. the important thing is, is to try to convey this. Yeah, like, like
1: like I remember Alejandro breaking down the bear attack on Revenant, and Alfonso and I were discussing it with him, and he was. Making it more and more difficult, like he said, no, and I I don't want to cut yet, and this is the reason. I wanted I wanted to feel real, and I wanted to feel real past the point of feeling uncomfortable. Uh, you know, yeah. uncomfortable. Like it's not cool. It's not an attack. You want. It, it, it needs to feel like it's gonna keep going. And we were Alfonso had done Children of band. We we were and we were amazed at what Alejandro was trying to do. It is technically really difficult to do that in a single shot. True. Really difficult.
3: But, but the point was, I wanted to people feel Hugh Glass being attacked by right. a bear. Right. Not like, I want to show off the tools <laughs> that I <laughs> know. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I want the people to feel attacked by a bear. And okay. now Can I run away. How do we going to solve it? And, yeah. you know, it, it took a lot to Chi and I to to put it out, and, and Leo suffered. Right. And,
2: <laughs> <Well, laughs> being- and, 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 and and by the same token, the more that you, 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 you do, and, and there are certain tools That becomes second nature. So you don't even think about those technically. You just think about that as stuff that you use.
0: I want to just close with this last question, which is that I think the time where most people in the world, certainly in Hollywood, realized that we're entering a new era was when all three of you had your movies together in 2006 going into 2007, the era of... Children of Men, Babel, and Pan's Labyrinth. And I wonder what it was like for you guys at that point versus now, here we are 16 years later, when again, with Le Papil, with Bardo, and with Pinocchio, you're you're going through this kind of uh, festivities again. But think about how much, when you stop and think about how much has happened in the intervening years, let's note. In a stretch of six years, five best director Oscars between the three of you, two best picture Oscars, um, a-, a bunch of times representing Mexico at the Oscars for in the submission for the country. And then, of course, all the craziness that's happened in this country with anti-Mexican yep. sentiments, all of that. I just wonder, spent these two periods where you've gone through this— Crazy season together. Looking at those and everything that's happened in between, what's your any final thoughts? Aguirre- last time,
1: I, last time we were together in during an Oscar season, I was on my first marriage, and my New Year's resolution was to lose twenty pounds. <laughs> I didn't lose the pounds, and I'm on my second marriage. So I don't know exactly how, uh, but the same thing happens with cinema for me. It's not what you plan. Like this morning, I got an animation project rejected. This morning. You did? Yeah. And for almost the exact same reasons that *Pan's Labyrinth was rejected every other time or Pinocchio every other time. And I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I like that I got to go through the same kind of battle 16 years after. I like it. And I, I love that I can commiserate with this, too, <laughs> this afternoon while Alejandro was smoking a, cig- a cigarette. So it's, that has... What is beautiful is what we've been able to see is when we were growing up, there was only one model of Mexican filmmaker. Mm. And, and and you could only resolve yourself against or for that model. Now there are so many models. Uh, for example, most of the great filmmakers in Mexico, the young ones, are female filmmakers. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I like the changes in the world, and I like to have to face the same problems that I was facing 16 years ago because that means I'm still the same stubborn (laughs) guy.
0: I
3: think that, I think that, uh, as as Guillermo said, I think no matter what is going to be always uncertainty and suffering, right? And (laughs) that will be manifested in different ways all the time. You have to be certain about that. Uncertainty and suffering will be integrated in anything that we do yeah. and the world will present different challenges when we were here 16 years it looked like a utopia no it was not a utopia it mm-hmm. was another challenges i think now this confrontation these political times that we are living that are so complicated that we yeah. can spend one hour mm-hmm. but i think As Guillermo said, I think those challenges in a way are a key element for you to be strong. And even they are exciting because that make you do a better job. You know what I mean? The more challenges and limits you have, I think in that way you are more aware. You have to be much more prepared. You have to be more excited. You have to be more a warrior. So in a way those things trigger sometimes the best films so right. the most challenging political times has brought always the best art so we cannot be scared of what is happening i think that mm-hmm. the challenges that we are confronting the good news is i think the good the young guys now differently from in our uh, generation in a way, we're born with a lot of inferiority complex. You know, I mean, there was a lot of doubts about, you know, to become something. Can we try this uh, the, 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 the way the globalization and the cultural availability to all the new guys... In Mexico, they don't have inferiority complex. You know, they are (laughs) just go and fuck with this. And now even the challenges and whatever racist thing or whatever challenge. Ah, yeah. okay. let me tell you what it's about. You you know what I mean? Let me show you. And that, in a way, triggers the best. It it takes you the best of yourself. So in a way, yes, it's it's, it's challenging. But when has not been challenging? I think it is good. Well,
0: and you guys probably helped to yeah, give them some also, of that confidence. And Alfonso, you no, want to No, what I was out? going to
2: say is that the thing is that, yeah, you're talking about the difference and the time ever since. I think that sometimes, yes, there are challenges, but we're blessed. We're blessed because we have, first of all, the amazing example of so many masters that come before us. And then we are very lucky to be of a generation that year after year, is your peers more or less your s- same generations? They keep, you know, bringing films that inspire you, and then you have the younger generation that is bringing, is just challenging what you are, do- you're inspiring you in an amazing, challenging way. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's I think it's yeah, it's a combination of that challenge and. But the and, beauty,
1: the beauties were still friends. The three of us. That's what I think is beautiful after 16 years.
2: And considering
3: uh, the thing that you have said to me, yeah. it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, it is,
1: it, is, it is. what is great is we function deeper and better. And, 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 and I, I think it's, it's just a, it's great to see that you can go through an entire, almost a generation and a half of industry changes and have that friendship.
3: I think that, in a way, the fact to share this is, as as as, Guillier, as, as Alfonso said, we have a privileged I'm job. Guillermo. Obviously, <laughs> well, maybe it's a privileged <laughs> job, but at the same time, it's challenging, and it okay. can be very lonely, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and, yes. and and you have to you have to have the courage. What I said to the young guys when I have a conference in a university in the times that we are living that there so <laughs> there are so, uh, so many loud voices out there that. To be a filmmaker, you have to have the courage to be disliked, and you have to say what you want to say, what, what you need to say, True. the way you want to say it. But that's hard. It's easy to say it, but not to do it. For me, the miracle and the gift that I'm much more privileged than to be a filmmaker is to share this, this beautiful job that we have and privilege, and at the same time, the wars that we have to go yeah. through with somebody and not to be alone yeah. and and to, uh, to to not be mm-hmm. alone and not walk this walk alone. Yeah. I think, honestly, that's where we think, I think we are in a way unique. So, I mean, yeah. I think we have something very special that yeah. is not oh. easy. We
1: We survived three things. We have survived failure, success, and a company together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cha-cha-cha. Well, thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, Keep keep making great movies. Really appreciate it. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Awards Chatter. We really appreciate it and would really appreciate you taking just a minute more to subscribe to the podcast and to leave us a rating and review on your podcast app. And to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, where our handle is at Awards Chatter. On those platforms we announce upcoming guests and provide details about special live recordings of the podcast.